Hello! This is the Wild Honey Collective, a podcast where we pollinate ideas about how we could live in greater integrity with our self, health, and wealth, and alchemize those ideas into coordinated, artful action. We want to learn from the cooperative leadership structures of the femme-led queendom of the honeybees and their work of alchemizing flowers into medicine and future generations in the form of honey. I'm Amelia, and I started this podcast to bring together voices that spark inspired action. I hope to see the people who engage with this platform use it as a touchstone for the practice of belief that a collective shift toward life-giving, life-sustaining ways of being is possible. And I hope you'll stay in conversation with me as we explore reimagined collaborative relationships to our bodies, minds, and places within an ecology of belonging. Today, we'll explore finding flow in the season of slow. Throughout this winter season and this season of the podcast, we will be pollinating ideas about how we can create more space in our lives for the expansiveness of our wildest dreams. Because anything short of that is too small for you. We begin with rhythm. Because it is at the core of what moves us. From the most basic level of the heartbeat, to the greatest heights of our capacity for wonder, love, and co-creation of whole new worlds. Our relationship to rhythm is inevitable. It's in us, but it is moldable, and so are we. Everything that we do unfolds with a certain rhythm, but we get to decide whether that rhythm will trip us up or move us in the right direction faster than we thought was possible. So as we enter into the season of winter, which for many of us is a difficult season because of the cold and the darkness and the emotional and physical challenges and tensions that come along with that, we'll be thinking about how to align with the seasonal rhythms of our planet and of our bodies that are always in relationship and response to what's going around in the season and in the flow of the earth. And so not only will be will we be thinking about what it means to be in rhythm with the winter time, but also if we were thinking of each season representing an element, what would it mean to be in rhythm with that element? And I am not really drawing on any particular um, healing modality when I'm talking about these relationships between season and element, but I am drawing from a collection of philosophies of the body that draw the parallel between the earth body and our own, and also observe the energetic quality that a particular season takes on. And so, 
The season of winter is associated with the element of water. In Brittany Dutcham's book, Radical Remedies, an Herbalist's Guide to Empowered Self-Care, she explains that the concept of seasonal wellness means learning how to take cues from the natural world. It's about embracing the old ways of those who lived on the land and were guided by the moon, those who created ceremonies to mark the passing of time while integrating modern innovations. Seasonal living brings us back to our roots. With technology and globalization drastically reshaping our lives, offering us immediate access to foods and goods from around the world, we've lost our connection to seasonality, and in so doing, we've fallen out of sync. Being in sync with the seasons goes further than eating what is in season. It encourages us to reflect on how each season alters our mood, energy level, and goals. So that's from Brittany Dutcham's Radical Remedies. And she's drawing from medical herbalism, from different folk traditions, and as well as Chinese medicine, and a lot of other things that are really just different expressions of the same universal truths of we humans living on this planet. So we're always creating and responding to rhythms. Every moment that your heart has beaten, your mind has raced, your stomach has growled, or your blood pressure has spiked, you are in motion. Learning to cultivate that constant motion into a rhythm that works for you is what this is all about. Our bodies know how to do this and are doing it all the time. Menstruating bodies synchronize to each other and the rhythm of the moon and the tides. Lovers' bodies spark desire in each other and sleep slows the pace of heart rate and our brain waves so that essential repair and regeneration can occur. What we want to do to be in better relationship with our bodies and therefore ourselves and our health is to become more aware of and create healthy structures for the rhythms that we cycle through every day to align them with the lives we're trying to live. Is it time to clear out what has grown and compost what has died? Are you prepared? Be interested in what moves you, and then create a rhythm that keeps you moving. The water element is about nourishing life from the roots. Its purpose is to help us move things through our systems, and also to move nutrients through landscapes so they can be distributed where they're needed. If we think of the four elements within our own bodies, Water is the solvent, and it takes everything that nourishes us and carries it to our cells, lets it dissolve into an absorbable form that can feed us, and finds the easiest path of energy to flow. Our emotions move much like water in our bodies, and for this reason, we can think of how we deal with our emotions as moving like water. With practice, we can learn to guide our emotions towards healthy outlets that better, better serve our relationships 
to ourselves and other people. But if we block them, then they get stuck and stagnant. And that's where toxins can develop and make us sick. Only moving water is clean to drink. They cleanse, our emotions cleanse the vessel of ourselves and prepare fertile ground for new seeds to sprout. So after a season of production, where if we look at the land, we have been growing and being fertilized and coming to fruition and putting seeds out into the world and maybe saving those seeds for next year's growth. And that takes an enormous amount of energy. And where does that energy come from? The sun and our roots. In wintertime, the sun retreats away from us here in the Northern Hemisphere. And so we only have our roots to grow from. And after a season of production, it's time to put some nourishment back into the soil where those roots are feeding from in order to show reciprocity and gratitude for everything that we have been able to put our energy into creating in this year. And so I'm talking about the year as if it's coming to an end because in the folk calendars of the world and in my own tradition of the Celtic calendar, October 30th marks the end of the year. You may notice that celebrations around different cultures of the world, whether that's Day of the Dead, De los Muertos, or um, Samhain in the Celtic tradition, or Halloween, or some of the others that I won't get into because I don't want to misappropriate them, but I think that they all share a common theme of the dead and, you know, passing from the realm of the living to the dead because that's very much what's happening in the world during this time. And so we can think of this as the beginning of the rest period and the the period of dormancy where we're getting ready for a new beginning, which is the spring. That's when everything is reborn. And so this is a time of preparation where we need to be growing the, the actual DNA of what will become that rebirth in the springtime. Working intimately with the soil over the past several years has helped me understand the healing power of preparation. In our language, we say that we prepare the beds for planting, which means we lay compost on the tired soil that has been in cultivation and given throughout the whole season. In the wintertime, we build it up again. We smooth it out so that the tender roots of new seeds have a soft place to take hold. We water the soil and then we water the seeds. Many of us have no training in creating the space that we need to make that rest and replenishment possible, but this is a time where it makes sense to do so. In general, it's harder to be out socializing and in the world during this time because it's so cold and dark and in some cases 
inundated with snow, and in general, our energy levels are lower. And so that part of our energy output is naturally pruned to a certain extent in this year, this time of year. And then it's up to us from there to create space and protect our space for the kinds of unstructured relaxation and rejuvenation that will really ensure we have the energy built and stored in our roots on a level that we can't be truly cognitively conscious of, but that is embodied. For the season of spring, which begins a whole new year-long cycle of energy output, if that makes sense. And so while it's important to get enough sleep, cook good food, you know, take time for yourself, get out in nature, give, give yourself time to do the things that you can't get to in busier seasons, we also don't need to go through these kinds of adjustments alone. Lean on collective for support and accountability. If you need to, make a list of the people who you know will show up for you. Your friendships are your friendships, but there are always those people who are going to be there to really support you on an intentional level, and you really want to make plans and structures with these kinds of people in your life during this time. Maybe you want to have craft nights, do clothing swaps, form a breakfast club, organize pickup games or runs with your friends, volunteer together, dance together, cuddle together. Cuddling does not have to be reserved for your intimate relationships, your romantic relationships. I swear the pandemic had me regretting the time that I wasted not cuddling my friends. We want to be sensual in this time because it's so deeply comforting. Especially if you have a physical touch love language or quality time, this is really just something that is going to be so supportive to you in this time, and so I encourage you to do it. The wisdom of ecosystems comes in again with this highly refined skill set of sharing. We may have been taught that a strong person walks their struggles alone, but we need to remember who we're taking our cue from. Does it make sense to believe anything that a self-destructive, materialistic culture dominated by short-sighted men tells us over a living web of relationships that has nourished abundance on Earth for 3.5 billion years? Respectfully. Together, we know a lot and we are power powerful. So ask your friends to help you. It's also really helpful to take stock of the physical conditions of your environment and think about how you can counterbalance them so that you're not becoming frozen out or dry or whatever, whatever happens in your body during the wintertime. Structure in vigorous exercise that gets the heart rate up and the body hot. 
it's cold outside and the air gets dry. So we want to avoid becoming stagnant and tense and frozen up and dry. Not to mention that exercise has really, really awesome mental health benefits. There are tons of positive endorphins and neurochemicals that are released when you get your heart rate up through exercise that include serotonin and dopamine. All of these endorphins come through your brain and flood your system, improving your mood, um, also improving your focus, reducing stress and anxiety, and also helps with seasonal affective disorder, which is associated with the kinds of seasonal depression that people often get when the sunlight goes down and the days get shorter. With shorter days, it's also a really good idea to spend some time really discerning for yourself what your expectations of yourself are with what you're going to do on your day-to-day mundane rhythms. Your greatest visions and ambitions are achieved through the mundane, everyday, often boring and even tedious things that must be done to work progressively toward a goal. We should all know our patterns at home after quarantine and 20 months of a pandemic very well. And so think about how you move when you are kind of idle and at home and having some more unstructured time and try to come up with positive counterbalances to keep your momentum going, but maybe with a shorter amount of time in shorter bursts during the day. Maybe we don't need to be on the nine to five schedule that was introduced to our society as a standard for the benefit of factory production timelines. For those of you who are like, what the heck is she talking about? I'm talking about the ways that our public school system and then the modern workday that was built from that were derived from the era of American history when children were going to school to prepare them to be factory laborers. And so this is still how we're moving, but realistically, maybe taking some time in the morning and in the late afternoon evening is going to be more fluid for you with these shorter daylight hours so that you have some time to wind down before it's dark at night. And also, you know, don't expect yourself to be up as early when the sun has not yet risen. It's just really natural circadian impulses and rhythms that we have. And so what I'm saying is listen to those and spend time thinking about what you intend to do this season and structure in a kind of blocked block of time in your day where you can expect to be productive and moving out, going out into the world or getting tasks done, checking things off your to-do list. And then, you know, figure out where unstructured rest time where you can just be present can fit in. 
I also want to say with regard to intentions that it really helps me to create a space in my home where I can come first thing in the morning and kind of like lay my hands on this surface where I've laid out all kinds of visuals and um, items that rem- objects that remind me of my intentions. I create it as an altar space because it feels like a place where I can meditate on the kinds of intentions that I set for myself before I was here in this moment. And when you're here in that moment, it's very easy to talk yourself into doing something that is other than the intention you may have set for yourself. There's this author, I forget her name, but I'll put it in the show notes. She has a book called The Five Second Rule. And the basic idea is that it takes about five seconds of hesitation to talk yourself out of doing something that is mildly unpleasant or something that you want to avoid. And, you know, avoidance is a really common thing that we use as a coping mechanism to avoid discomfort. We don't want to be uncomfortable, even if it's something as uncomfortable as, you know, taking that five minutes that we intended to meditate in the morning or something of that nature. So thinking about creating a space that is just for you to return to your intentions and remember the kind of person that you wanted to be before you got up this morning so that you can then gather yourself and prepare yourself to be her or them or him. I also feel like it's just a really amazing life hack to go to your local library and check out a bunch of cookbooks and then just start cooking. Like, take advantage of soups in your life. Broth is everything, and everything is broth. It's the best thing you can do during this season, governed by the element of water, to just throw a bunch of ingredients in water and let water be the solvent that kind of breaks everything down, dissolves all of the nutrients into a form that your body can digest so easily. We don't think about it a lot, but digestion takes a huge amount of energy. And so if we can make the process of digestion more gentle on our bodies, we will be doing ourselves a favor there. So check out a bunch of cookbooks and get cooking. Cook things for your friends that you're excited about. Um, We all cook better when we're cooking for someone else. So have parties, have dinner, do cooking collective with the Wild Honey Collective every Friday starting in December. This is literally what we'll be doing and having a circle process where we can you know, go around and everybody can kind of pair up and share the different things that they're growing through. And we can let, over time together, we can let our intentions marinate as we're letting those delicious flavors of our cooking marinate and nourish us. And on that note, this last one is just be sensual. Cook well Set a luxurious table with candlelight and leaves of fall foliage for you and the people you love 
and have a feast. Do some deep skin, hair, and nail care. Maybe do a cleanse where you're laying off some heavier foods and just kind of drinking that water with lemon juice and whatever it else is that kind of cleanses your body out and lets yourself reset. Deep clean your house. Spend a Saturday curled up on a couch with a book or a journal with a soft blanket and soft clothes and a cup of tea. Be a cup of tea. Take herbal baths. Infuse yourself like you are just a little cup of chamomile and know that your largest organ is thanking you. That would be the skin. Is thanking you for just sitting in that hot and fragrant water. Know that wherever friction comes up, you are creating energy. The matter of energy has both a positive and negative charge, so you get to decide which it's going to be. Help me out, science friends. How did I do? Is that accurate? As one of my favorite dancers, Cami Arboles, says, flow, don't force. Find, feel into how rhythms are moving in your life. Where can you make it easier? This is never about getting it perfect and definitely not on the first try. The important thing is that you are trying. As I always say, embrace where you thrive and have grace where you tried. And more importantly, don't doubt yourself just because trying is hard. Yeah, trying is hard, but trying is what it's all about and you have time to figure it out. In the words of one of my favorite fellow podcasters, Prentice Hemphill, perfectionism is a habitual commitment to self-doubt. So there is no failure if you're trying. The only failure is if you have given up. Keep with it. Stay interested in what moves you. And pay attention to where your emotions are trying to move within you. Your emotions are information and opportunities to pay attention. How we pay attention becomes how we are invested and how that investment is returned to us in the form of real wealth with self and health. As always, thank you so much for listening. If you appreciate this work, the easiest and simplest way to support it is by following on whatever platform you're listening, sharing with your friends, and following us on Instagram at wildhoney.collective. This episode is airing on the last day of the COP26 Climate Summit in Glasgow, and we are screening our original film, Mother Wounds, A Story of the Sacred, all about people's resistance to pipelines and patriarchy, in Harrisonburg at the Perch Workspace next to Magpie Diner. 
Tickets and art from our local artists auction support Appalachians Against Pipelines, who are on the front lines of the fight to stop the Mountain Valley Pipeline from wrecking forests, air, and water in Appalachia. Message me on Instagram with your reflections and questions, or fill out the question form at wildhoneycollective.org to tell me what you thought about the episode. New episodes come out every week for all of season one this winter. Last but not least, you can support the podcast on Patreon by becoming a monthly subscriber, which comes with added benefits, including merch, rock the culture out in the world, help us pollinate ideas for greater collective health, and for all of you wild honeys out there, keep creating.